He played Karakan. His rating was higher. But from move seventeen, the king's side was mine. Took my chances fast. My rook was a knife, and my almighty queen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ladies' Night, the official podcast of U.S. Chess Women. I'm your host, Jennifer Shahadi, and you are listening to the artist Huga of hugamusica.com. And that is a song that certainly captured my heart. Oh, Capablanca. His bishop was small. Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast for your shares and reviews and Apple Live. If you want to get more involved in all we do at US Chess to empower girls and women through chess, please consider a tax-deductible donation of any size to our US Chess Women program and reach out to me with any questions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ladies' Night. I am with the Karen's Cup champion, Grandmaster, World Women's Rapid champion, Humpy Canaro. Hi, thank you very much. <laughs> welcome to the show, Humpy. Congratulations. Thank you. Is this your first trip playing chess in the United States? Yes, this is my first trip. Like, I have been to more than 70 countries, but I never planned to come to US for a tournament. So it just happened after so many years of playing. Wow. And what are your impressions of St. Louis? It's a fantastic chess club. Uh, I haven't seen such a club so far. Um, so I think uh, you are doing the best to get the players uh, the, the, most, the most opportunities to be successful. So it's amazing. Yeah, well, we're really glad to have you. I In the very beginning, you started off with a bang. You played this game against Carissa Yip where you um, made a positional pawn sacrifice, 96. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about your concept, that it combined uh, tactical operation with strong positional understanding, which is why I found it so beautiful, because it was this combination of these two um, dueling skills in the chess practice. It seems like a lot of your games show much strategic wisdom, even when you were younger. Um, do you think that's a talent or what did you do to work on your positional chess? Uh, uh, from, I think it's uh, just because of the training I got from my dad. It's the basic structure, uh, which I learned. Uh, like uh, the most important thing was to maintain the position and the development, the piece placements. So that's what's the basic routing I have. So I think that helped me a lot. And uh, when I was a kid, I was um, uh, not much of into preparations. I used to play more of a practical games just by understanding. But later on, okay, when, when I was uh, about uh, 13 or 14, I started learning much wider openings. And uh, slowly I started improving the opening report. Uh, but the, my basic strength was a practical play. <laughs> So there, are there any books or games of uh, top players that you recommend to, you know, develop strategic? Because for a lot of people trying to improve in chess, they know how to get better at tactics. You just go online or you buy a tactics book and to get better at openings, you create a database. But to um, improve positional understanding, it's more difficult. 
well uh, it's a really tough question for me because uh, i literally didn't learn anything from directly from the books because uh, you know my dad used to teach me he used to study all the things and he used to teach me so that's how i learned but i think nowadays it's like you know the material is available for everyone with these engines and uh, all all the latest softwares so it, i see even the basic player is playing a fantastic opening preparation <laughs> but as you said yes they are lacking uh, the understanding of the position when the new new things arise over the board probably i think that you have to you have to gain it by practice <laughs> by practice and you said that when you started out you practiced in a lot of more strategic type openings like what it's it's really important to have a broader opening report nowadays uh the preparation levels are quite a high so if you're just repeating the same line you can't expect uh, a win from it so uh, it's really important to work more on the opening reportry so just to go back to this moment when you noticed 96 does it all kind of come to you in a flash or did you kind of have to um search and then once you saw it you realized i uh, know it was like uh I was just looking to try to open the files for my pieces, so that's how I got the idea. And then you do a lot of checking, or was it kind of immediately evident to you that it was good for white? I did not do much checking for that because uh, it was a completely positional strategy. So it's obvious that I can just sacrifice the pawn. Yeah. Wonderful, and you know, of course, you actually lost the very next game after winning this amazing game. Was that like very difficult to take? See, because uh, many times people say starting off with two draws is one thing, but starting off with a win and a loss, it's more emotionally tumultuous. Yes, that's true. It was a very difficult situation for me. Uh, as you said, two draws will be like you will be very pleasant. Uh, you are fresh in your mind. but when you lose a game it's like you know you, you start on thinking in the other direction i didn't expect to lose uh, I, i felt like i just played really weak because i did not give much of a fight and um, after that i had a double white in the tournament and i made uh, the, both the games uh, ended as it both the games yeah. ended as a draw at that point of time my mind was thinking that okay if i manage not to lose any rating points in this tournament that's a great <laughs> uh, that would be a great thing for me but okay but things turned out well and i made it to consecutive wins <laughs> that's right you ended up winning the event after consecutive wins and then you also ended up gaining about 6 rating points um is it you were the first woman after judith polgar to break the 2600 barrier in right now you're a few points off from that uh, about 15 yeah. uh is it a big goal of yours to get back up over 2600 definitely uh 26 is a uh, quite a respectable rating i guess <laughs> so oh, right now but okay i'm not keeping myself too much pressurized nowadays i'm just enjoying my game and i'm not even running for tournaments so just playing one after the other taking some good breaks in between so let's see how it goes on and um in general like uh how do you rate you have so many accomplishments you know becoming the first woman after judith to get that 2600 level the women's world rapid championship title um how do you rank your accomplishments like what's the most memorable thing that you've done in your chess career definitely winning the women world rapid championship 
because it was never expected i never considered myself as a good player in uh, rapid format um i always believed in that uh, i am best at classical so i was um, looking at the classical world title for many years and it never happened so rapid was not in my list at all and it just happened so that was quite surprise for me i just surprised myself <laughs> that's that's fun i mean why did you have the sense that you weren't a good rapid player uh, because you know like i lost all my classical i mean the knockout world championships in the tie breaks most of the crucial games in the tie breaks so uh, I, and i never won a rapid tournament probably when i was 12 or something i i won some ace group even but apart from that it was never successful in rapid and bridge formats <laughs> and then when you did win this do you have like a renewed confidence because i mean honestly as the tournament was winding down we thought there was a really good chance you were going to play jun and jun in a rapid yeah, playoff I, i was expecting so actually uh, like uh, when i won against uh, kostunik we were on the same score and uh, once she drew with uh, nana in a winning position i thought okay probably she'll uh, make a one and a half out uh, from the last two games so then uh, i was expecting a tie break so but it was completely a different story <laughs> it really is amazing so you had told me that your dad predicted 6 out of 9 would win the event but probably in a tie break right like winning it clear was a little bit surprising but um yeah that's true because uh, i think juvenjun is uh, she's really potential of uh, having the score it's just bad luck for her <laughs> so your dad as you revealed in your, some of your interviews is your only coach ever your father was your only coach and he um gave up his job to full full time train you and attend tournaments with you um can you give us some insights or some potential i mean maybe we'd have to interview your dad for this as well <laughs> but do you have any tips for parents out there based on all the great things that your dad taught you on what they should focus on how they can psychologically prepare their child basically you know when i was very young like i was 6 years old and uh, at our home he used to see a chess game from uh, informatum i went to him and i sat before him i started asking what's this uh, touching all the pieces so i was just attracted with the white and black colors and those pieces shapes of the pieces but once uh, once i started asking him um, he thought properly he'll just teach me just to have fun but uh, immediately after a few months there was a local tournament in our city uh, he took me to that tournament and surprisingly i won my first event by that time there were already there a few elderly kids who are already doing good and they're playing from the past few years so i bet them and i won, I won the event. then he felt okay i was having some sort of talent and uh, he started training me uh, initially it was just for a few hours like uh, just for one or two hours after the school so then it was later on half day and then full day <laughs> that's how it uh, it went up slowly and once when i uh, when i was around um, uh, 10 10 years and i won the first world youth championship in france so that's when he decided that he want to make me a completely professional player i won uh, four uh, four uh, world titles let's under 10 12 14 and then world junior at the age of 14 years i was the junior champion but i was when i was around 14 like it was a very crucial time for me because you know by the by uh, by the time i was in the 10th grade uh, 
in my academics and uh, it's really important uh, you for me to decide whether i want to study further or to be a professional player so uh, and and i also achieved a grandmaster norm by that time he gave me the choice like he told me he explained me the situation like if you study you'll, you'll get a job you'll be settled but just you you really don't know what will happen in the future whether you'll be successful as a professional or not but that's up to your interest and uh, that's when i told like uh, i just want to be a chess player and uh, i became a grandmaster so soon after yes, like a year after soon after like uh, within a one year yeah and was it difficult for you to make that decision or was it just immediate it was actually not so difficult because i was never passionate about academics <laughs> i was always interested to play chess uh, i i'm interested into some sort of creative work somehow i felt like going to school and reading those books writing the notes the same the same essay for 10 times like this i used to feel uh, very uh, like you know i used to get bored to do such kind of things so it's just that uh, my passion towards the game so you chose to be a professional chess player at the age of 14 at the time you were not a wgm yet or were you i was when we interviewed you on the Karen's Cup broadcast you said something that really was remarkable that um when you were going for your first wgm norm i suppose you ended up actually getting a gm norm in that tournament right. that's amazing <laughs> Can you tell us about that tournament? How did that happen? Uh yeah, uh, interestingly that happened in Hungary. <laughs> the place of uh, Polga sisters. Uh we just went for a round robin tournament. It's a Hotel Lipa International uh Grandmaster event. My aim was just to get a WGM norm and like after round by round I started scoring. My opponents were trying to beat me and <laughs> I'm using I'm using every opportunity. after every round like you know i i didn't have any plans to play for a win or with some ambitious play but uh, they they are trying to outplay me and i'm i'm uh, increasing the chances so that's how i scored a uh, first grandmaster nor we understood that probably uh, it's not the wgm title but i should aim for a grandmaster one <laughs> and you got it about a year yeah. later yeah. That is an amazing story. Of course you mentioned the famous Polgar sisters and they rarely played against um females in tournaments. They were mostly playing in mixed gender competitions. You played in both, both women's competition and mixed. Did you feel happy with the ratio of the two um or did you feel like um sometimes you were craving one or the other more? I think uh, handling both is really difficult because I even struggled uh, in between for a few years when I only concentrated on uh, men tournaments. Um when I came back to play a women tournament, it was uh, it was a very difficult mindset for me because I, I'm I'm more uh, you know when I when I play with a woman I used to feel more pressure. but when i play in open tournament i'm completely free uh, my my game standards was were different both the times so at 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 one stage i had faced this struggle of balancing both the events but uh, later on when i had a break after my wedding and all i gradually rest- reduced my tournaments so i was just playing the the main events uh, which are the women ones And you said that you had a different level which which level was stronger you felt more pressure in the women's events and you felt more free in the open uh, events yeah, 
the the game level and the standards was quite high in the men but you know what happened i was like playing a very steady uh, kind of games or uh, with a very good preparation but when when i come back to the women tournaments there are lot of up and downs in the game and uh, I, i was not able to balance that <laughs> and also there tends to be a lot of money on the line in the top women's events and a lot of prestige obviously the world titles do you think that's another reason that there's more pressure um not just that you're playing against other women right i don't know about the others but for me that's not the reason um uh, during that time it was like completely a psychological aspect that that i'm playing against a woman but now okay now i'm not playing much in the open tournaments my tournaments have reduced a lot so it doesn't matter the psychological difference between playing a woman was it because you're the top woman rated right, player right. so you felt you had to win yes right that's true uh huh except the only one higher than you during your career was yeah. holy fan yeah Um 2600 is a very strong grandmaster whether it's against women or men. Is it difficult to reach that rating when you're playing against other women just because you need to get such big scores right. to get that? It's really difficult, you know, uh, even this tournament even though I won the tournament I was just gaining 6 points. Probably if I had played some strong uh, international open there is a probability of gaining 10 to 15 points even if you stand somewhere in the 30s or 40s if you play a strong tournaments like gibraltar so it's really difficult to improve rating here yeah i imagine i mean that's why it's so remarkable that you know you reached that 2600 level playing the mix of both tournaments yeah, right, you had to get right. such big scores yeah, during, during that time my peak rating was 2623 and uh, i was mostly playing at international opens i was not into women, much of women tournaments I also won some women grand prix du- during those days but my ra- my main rating gain was from the open events. Right, that makes a lot of sense. And then also one thing we noticed on the broadcast was that you had such massive scores against so many of the women in the top elite. Like some of them were just so shocking because it also it was like every single player there was like Humpy Canary with a big score. I mean of course your rating was 2600 so it, that that's understanding how you kept that level you had to get these big scores. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite a strong in classical as I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, when uh, I'm in my peaks uh, I dominated. <laughs> yeah, uh, amazing. And you know it really struck me because there's there's this kind of constant debate especially in the United States about women's titles and women's tournaments and you know with the women's titles with so many women like everybody in the Karen's Cup 9 out of 10 of you had the grandmaster title it certainly does beg the question if maybe the WGM title could be phased out or maybe merged with the IM title change tweak the qualifications a bit so so uh WGM could mm-hmm. be used for if you want it i am could be used if you want it then when i heard your story about how you were going for the wgm title and you got the gm norm <laughs> i wondered like i mean what do you think about all this because uh it's a complicated question yeah yeah i think uh, it doesn't make sense to merge like if if you're planning to do that probably you, you should have you, you shouldn't have a women tournaments at all in that case we have a very few examples like judith has done extremely good at a higher level but the ratio is uh, we don't have a ratio of women players who are successful at that at such level so i think for for now it, it doesn't make any sense to combine both the things 
I noticed that there was a Indian player, Pratusha Boda. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce yeah. it right? Yeah. Yes. That she got the WGM title and there was a huge parade in her city. Uh, is that normal? Like, have you ever gotten anything like that? Yes, yes. When I became a grandmaster and when I won these world junior titles, like during all those times, yes, it was uh, like uh, a lot of media coverage. And uh, I, I live in a state called Andhra Pradesh. Like we have many states in India. And uh, when I won, the the chief minister of our state felicitated me. And um, there was a lot of um, officials uh, coming to the airport to receive me when I when I went victorious. So this all happened. Uh, so that way it was very good uh, that, uh, you know, when, when you win such a prestigious tournaments, they recognize it. Yeah. You had a parade? Yeah. It also happened. <laughs> for the GM title or the GM? Yeah, for the, for, the GM, for the GM title, right. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. What about the World Rapid title? Uh, no, not for the World Rapid one because, you know, now uh, the, the scenario in our state was very bad politically. There were a lot of issues, former issues going on. So it was a completely in a different state. <laughs> I say, wow. So... You know, it's surprising to hear you considering that you're one of the top women players ever, you know, 2,600 plus, 26, 23 at your peak to say that the differences between women and men. Um, do you feel like it's because you're very talented and you started working so much at a young age or are you, do you think that it's you're the exception like or that you would be? I don't think I'm an exception for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm just a normal girl like everyone. I think uh, the main reason was my hard work. Mm-hmm. And also I'm very well determined. You're very well determined. That was what you said above you, yeah. other people. And also, of course, I'm self-disciplined. Uh-huh. To, to study. Yes, to study. And uh, and I don't get distracted with other things. If I, if I look at something, I, my mind will be completely on that. My whole mind is with the chess. Although you recently became a mom. You have a two-year-old, right? Yeah. And I read one article that you, um, when you study chess, she brings her toys out. And this <laughs> is such a great image so that you're side by side playing with chess yeah. and toys. Yeah, now she understands very well that uh, I go for a tournaments and all. Uh, just before coming here, you know, like she has been grown up. When I was uh, about to pack my suitcase, she understood that I'm going to leave her and she started crying a lot. So it was uh, really difficult for me this time to leave her and uh, to play. Uh, but yes, once, I am, once, I, once I'm out of home, she's fine. She, she, uh, she, she's comfortable with my parents and she keeps on calling me in the video call. You know, just a few days ago, she called me. She spoke with me for some time. And finally, she said, okay, okay, mom, you, you just go and uh, practice. <laughs> it was like that. So uh, she'll just come and say, okay, you, you play chess like this. Uh, like, you know, usually we say to the kids that you go and study or you go <laughs> to work <laughs> like that. It's the other side now. <laughs> Does your husband play chess? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Does he follow you? Yes, he just follows the results and everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. How did you meet him? It was an arranged marriage. Like, uh, he he's a friend of uh, my cousin. And, uh, like, the, uh, it was just a completely arranged one. Their family, uh, 
like our relatives they have suggested that he's a very nice man so probably you should meet and uh, speak that's how did you guys lo- like each other right away right yes it was in in the first meeting itself like immediately uh, i said yes because i felt he was a very simple person and uh, uh, you know very soft natured he doesn't um, raise his voice uh, so that's very nice of him it's been 5 years since our marriage and uh, we never had uh, any kind of things like you know uh, even sometimes i might get angry i might get irritated but he is a very uh, cool person <laughs> oh that's amazing so you'd already seen pictures of each other but then when you saw him in person like the chemistry was evident immediately oh uh, like pictures in the sense i i just saw his picture before the meeting they sent me his, of course it's a it's a natural in india like uh, they they saw my they saw my picture he studied in us in purdue university so uh, they just all his friends call him as uh, god <laughs> that's his nickname <laughs> his nickname is god why yeah. uh because uh, you know like uh, he uh, he will give whatever he has whenever a friend is in need <laughs> and he helps a lot to the others uh, he used to help a lot when they were studying together he used to teach them uh, <laughs> in their subjects so that's how they make fun of him that he's a god <laughs> wow he so what did he study um uh, he's into elect- electrical engineering um, so we own a own uh, company uh, in our city uh his father is into business and now he studied here and he came back to india in 2009 he's looking after the business wow that's so amazing so it just like you you just immediately felt good about this because you had a lot of trust in your cousin yes. yeah and yeah. their their opinion yeah yeah and uh, and when i met him like you know the way he behaved and the way he spoke like i got impressed And how did he feel about your chess? He he must have known about who you were because you've been yeah. pretty famous. Oh yeah, later on he told me that uh, that wasn't uh, okay for me it was the first time that I was seeing him and meeting but uh, he saw me quite before like uh, in one of our uh, uh, friend's birthday party. Uh, he said he ha- uh, he saw me from distance uh, but he never came up to me to speak. Later on few months later we met. Uh <laughs> wow, he was intimidated because you were a great chess yeah. legend. Yeah. And uh the uh, uh in your country, how often do people recognize you when you're walking around? Uh, uh in my state, yes, they recognize me very well, like mm-hmm. um uh, everywhere. Like e- everyone knows about me. Uh even if I go out to shopping or any uh, anywhere they'll come come to me and they ask for photographs and uh, autograph sometimes they just recognize me and they they keep uh, uh talking in between <laughs> them so I can understand uh but not in the whole country probably o- 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 only few people who are very well educated or who are into who are uh, sports lovers know about me Like if you're in Delhi or Bombay, it's yeah, less then, likely. Then, yeah, very less. It's very less. And where is your state again? Uh, uh, I live. I live in Andhra Pradesh. Uh, it's a southern part of India. Ah, okay. Probably must have heard about Hyderabad. Mm-hmm. But okay, now it's a technically different. Uh, our state got split into two states. So Hyderabad is 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 into the other state right now. Is there anything you can advise for the youngsters? listening in girls or boys 
I think you should just keep on trying. You should you shouldn't get disappointed at any point of life. It's not just about chess. You should be mentally prepared to face uh, challenges. Even though if you lose something, you shouldn't get dis- disheartened and you should uh, strike back. You're so gifted at chess. Do you feel that if you if there were no women's events, you would be even higher rated and even more, um, maybe you wouldn't have the world titles, but would you have even higher rating? Yeah, possible. Why not? <laughs> you know, like uh, nowadays, everyone keep on asking me about the world title because I'm back to chess and I started winning the Grand Prix and the World Rapid one. But I feel see, like uh, you can just you may try. You really don't know whether you'll win it or you'll finish up as a runner-up. That's not in your hands. You can you can give you a hundred percent efforts, but you don't know about the results. So now I feel like you know, um, even even though if I end up the career without becoming a world champion, I won't be surprised really. And I think it's for your fans. I to me, yeah, that's true. Everyone were like uh, looking, waiting for me to become a world champion. <laughs> I think in India, probably yes. But I have to say, for somebody like me who's a fan from the United States, it's even more significant that you made the twenty six hundred barrier. I mean, I am the women's program director of US Chess, so I think women's events are great. But for the only the only people where you worry a little bit is the ones at the very top. If maybe it's difficult for them to raise the rating because they're the highest rank. Yeah. Like if they need something more, you know, so like that's, that's the thing. It's like great for everybody in the middle. And yeah. then for you, is it great? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, a, it's a very important question. Probably at our level, if we want to improve further, we should also concentrate uh, on the men tournaments, like mm-hmm. you're playing around eight tournaments a year, it should be like 50-50, balancing both the one. But, you know, practically, it's not easy to do. Now that you're a mom. Yes, yes. That uh, If you're a complete professional, okay, you can plan such things. But I'm already 32. And uh, with a baby, it's not possible to run for tournaments throughout the year. Yeah, I can only choose the important ones. <laughs> and the important ones with the most prestige and the most yeah, money are the women's right. ones. That's right. Yeah, it makes sense to do so. So what would the solution even be? More tournaments where there's a big women's prize, but it's open? Like if you could, if yeah, you could just create it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- uh, the, uh, that's also th- uh, the nice one. Like as we have the Gibraltar, it's the same, right? You have a good prize fund for women, and also the strong field. That's one of the options. But but both are completely different. See, there uh, there is one problem when you're playing, uh, giving the opportunities such way. You might not get the best women player to win the female prize. See, it also depends upon the pairings. Probably in an open tournament, there might be some player who is coming from from the lower score, striking ba- striking in the last few rounds with a weak opponent is possible. You might not get the best one out of that. But when you have these kind of round robin tournaments, you will get the best of the players. It's true. Yeah, like this tournament, the like Karen's yes, Cup, yes, yes. everybody was playing so well. And well, not always, but overall, it was such yeah, a it was like- such a fighting tournament. Um, fantastic. And it was really wonderful to have you here in the United States. And we hope you'll come back to defend your title next year. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe you can bring your daughter next time. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. It's a it's a far far yeah, flight. Yeah, it's a bit far, and we haven't taken out uh, out of the country so far. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, are you teaching her chess? Do you think? Mm, I really don't know because I feel it's a very difficult game. <laughs> you know, like uh, to be a professional player, you need to do a lot of sacrifices. Probably as a mother, uh, I feel it will be very tough for the child to do so. So we'll see how how much she'll be interested. <laughs> yeah, I have a three year old, and I'd like to teach him the moves. But beyond that, it's kind of up yeah, to him to make them a professional. Is uh, it's a very difficult task. Yeah. Is it true that your dad called you Humpy because it sounds like champion? Right. Uh, basically, when I was born, he wanted to make me a champion uh, in 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 any of the sports. So he just uh, spelled me uh, Humpy H A M P I from the word champion. If we just remove the C and uh, the last la- the last uh, alphabets, he'll, he'll get my name from that. But um, uh, like his main uh, intention was to make me a tennis player. He even kept a, rack, uh, a rocket in my house. Uh, he was just waiting for me to grow up a little bit so that my wrist will be strong enough to play tennis. Uh, but before that, I started showing interest in chess, and that's how he made me a chess player. Uh, and you still need those strong wrists yes. to work, win the World Rapid Championship. <laughs> and so, like- uh, and you know, like once I uh, once I took up chess as a career, um, he changed my spelling to H. U-M-P-Y, because uh, uh, when then he told me that uh, chess is dominated by the Russians and you are no less than uh, any of the Russians. You have the the same kind of sounding, like, uh, you know, like Rblavisky. Everyone have this uh, U-E-Y in their uh, names. So like that, he gave me U and Y in my name. And how you love it. It was just to give the confidence. And yeah, like uh, I loved it. And even now, many people, when they meet me, they say that I had a very nice name. <laughs> and interestingly, it's Hampi is also one of the historical places uh, in India. It's located in Karnataka. Uh, so many, uh, at first, in the beginning of my career, when I was successful and people started reading about me in the newspapers, they felt I, I belonged to that place. Have any parents called their kids Hampi? To be probably to be like a great chess player. <laughs> Have you met any little girls who are named Humpy? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I think not yet. <laughs> not yet. But I heard there are um, a few who named their like academic uh, buildings and all uh, with my name. Oh, that's even that's even yeah. bigger. They named a building after you. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they, like few instances like this, like people told me that they saw my names like that humpy institute of learning or something and uh, no, not exactly like that for their own institute for their block for the academic block they kept my name <laughs> wow so you came to the best place in america for chess the st louis chess club if any listeners want to come to india for chess what's like the must tournament that they should go to or the must thing they should see of course, when you come to India, there are a lot of things to see. We have uh, temples. Uh, of course, Taj Mahal comes the first. Many beautiful places. So it's uh, never ending. <laughs> Any chess destination? Like, well, you have like Tata Steel in India now, right? Yes. Tata Steel is the best one to see right now in India. That's and the that's... strongest uh, event we had. And what about like an open tournament that 
Ah, uh, we have also plenty of opens. Like uh, every year, uh, around one and a half month, I think they are keeping organizing three to four tournaments in a row to play for the youngsters. So uh, they can they can just plan a trip for forty five days to two months. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks again to Humpy Canaro, Grandmaster, Karen's Cup champion, World Women's Rapid champion, and she's on her first visit to the United States, and it's been a successful one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks so much. You were great. If you like what we're doing at US Chess to encourage women and girls to explore STEM fields, accentuate competence, and approach an even ratio with a focus on intersectionality, your donation to our US Chess Women programs is always appreciated and tax deductible. The US Chess suite of podcasts, including Ladies Night, are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films, Photography and Media. Please visit sevenseasonfilms.com to find out how to start your own podcast. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to all U.S. chess podcasts from One Move at a Time, Cover Stories, and The Chess Underground. Till next time, may every night be ladies' night. Now according to Sockfish, I got it all wrong. After slightly advantage I had nothing but my dear Capablanco You tell me